Are you going? Are you giving me a time limit for this? That's fine. I'm I'm down with your time limit for doing this podcast recording. But I'll tell you what, it is not going to start until you're done eating your pasta salad. My, Dude, you, this isn't pasta salad. It's just cucumbers. Are you really going to time this? Yes. <laughs> okay. It's good for you. All right. <laughs> I'm also standing, so I'm not rambly, and I can't. Be, oh, you already started the timer. You didn't even give me a heads up. Okay. This is Rob, and I am under a time constraint, so I need to tell you right now. I thought we weren't talking about it. Oh, well, I guess we are now. Hey, this is Rob, and welcome to question number 64. What do you have against Minnesota? It's my conversation with a traitor, John Mark Nelson, leaving all of us in Minnesota. Rude. <laughs> I'm just, I'm obviously no, just kidding. No, not you, him for leaving. Oh, yeah, and uh, no, yeah, come on, John, what do you have against Minnesota? I'm obviously kidding. This is my conversation with a new friend, John Mark Nelson. Do you think it's, it's, are you supposed to say John Mark Nelson or John Mark Nelson? This is my conversation with John Mark Nelson. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is my conversation with John Mark Nelson. And this one goes deep. Without really realizing it, I kind of placed all of my value in kind of like one very specific career trajectory and then did whatever I could in the songwriting, in the producing, in the performing to continue that trajectory. Mm. And due to a couple of different circumstances, like completely out of my control, the whole thing kind of crashed and burned. And then I realized like if that, when that happened, I realized I didn't have anything left. There was no bedrock. Mm. It was all just like, I'm making decisions to try to perpetuate something rather than like actually investing in like a foundational thing that doesn't mm. uh, rise or fall with kind of Hell ephemeral yes. things. Yes. Yeah. Know? So I, I had That's kind of. so good. I had kind of like my most successful, even on just, you know, whatever small success level I had, like my most successful kind of album cycle immediately preceded like my biggest crash and burn where do you live in the city do you have a house apartment on a rent rent what do you do for a living lots of things where's your office don't have one how come it's a long story do you have kids no i don't how come what's your record for consecutive questions asked 38 For those of you joining us for the first time, my name is Rob Morgan, and for the past decade, I've been traveling the world as a bassist and music director. This is my podcast where I sit down over drinks on location with intriguing people I've met to try and get past what it is they do to find out who they are and why they do it and what I can learn from them. I think I threw an extra and in there. That's fine. I'm moving on. I'm joined, as always, by my wife, Sarah. Uh, hey, you know what I will take time for? I, I know Let me gas. <laughs> Guinness. <laughs> I, Sarah, I, I see you in front of you. You have you're eyeing down your cucumber salad that you, I've forced you to stop eating so you re- could record this podcast. Your mouth seems a little parched. It sounds like you may have a little bit of cotton mouth. Uh, a little bit cu- of that dairy cucum- mouth. When when I have dairy cucumber mouth, so what is in that, anyways? 
We don't have time to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> when I have dairy cucumber mouth, I, I'm so glad we don't have to deal with sponsors because if we did, I would have to tell you that every single time I have dairy cucumber mouth, uh, the only thing that I want to reach for is a pint of Guinness. Can I offer you a pint, Hovi? I'll accept. Speaking of Guinness, next week, if you are in Minneapolis, next week, July 2nd, I am going to be, oh man, Hofi, I'm so pumped about this. I'm going to be at Lawless Distillery in South Minneapolis from 5 to 8 p.m. I'm going to be guest bartending there. So come on out, $5 cocktails, $5 shots, free pizza. I mean, and this is this is what I'm most pumped about. They have created, my friends at Bitter Cube have created Guinness theme and pod this curious podcast theme cocktails. So come out next week, July 2nd, and you're gonna have cocktails that you will no one is going to experience ever again. They went into their labs. I'm not even kidding. It sounds extreme. They went into their cocktail consultant mixologist labs. They found a way to make a cocktail taste like Guinness. I'm very intrigued. But, ooh, you know what I should do? Hmm. Maybe next week, I wonder if I should record like a live podcast thing beforehand. Say the event starts at five, maybe at four o'clock or something like that. I'm not, don't hold me to that. I'm just, this, I'm just, I'm brainstorming right now, or maybe I'll like have a come out and we'll do something right beforehand. Uh, but maybe follow if something like that's going to happen. I'm, I'll post it sometime this week on Instagram. My handle is at the Rob Morgan. You can follow me there. And if something goes down, I'll let you know, I'll update it there, but it's gonna be a blast. I'm really pumped about that. Okay. okay. This week I am so pumped. John, Oh, it's okay. We're only a minute over. This will be quick. You can leave if you want. This week, I'm... So you better not leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what. You, I'll you, give you till 15. Go, John. Okay. You this can, week, John. You can sit back and eat your... Here, I'll move your microphone away. Why do you want me to be here? <laughs> I just like being around you. <laughs> That's funny that you'd question that. Okay. Yeah. Here, you, here's your cucumber salad. You can feel free to sit back and eat... <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, I want to, let's dive right in this episode. It's my conversation with John Mark Nelson. How do I describe John Mark Nelson? Here's how I'm going to describe it. Even beyond being a singer songwriter, producer, John Mark Nelson, beyond that is a friend of a friend. One of my favorite things about being a musician in Minneapolis is you can live here for years being a musician and still run into people that are friends, you have so many friends in common, but you haven't met them yet. John and I actually ran into each other maybe two times at maybe a show of his uh, and one other time at a FedEx, now that I'm thinking about it. It's just fun, I mean, even think about, okay, last week's episode, I was sitting down with Nate Babs uh, and a bunch of other friends of ours, but Nate, uh, for the longest time, was John's touring drummer. Steve Bosman's, who is his guitar player, Steve is married to Carrie Bosmans. Her maiden name is Carrie Albinson, and she is the daughter of Jim Albinson, who I interviewed. Come on, bring it a full circle. He is a mortician. But I could go on and on, but as I was on Instagram this past month, I saw him post an announcement saying that he is moving to LA. He's got a situation, we're gonna talk about that in this conversation, but he's moving to LA, 
And I thought, so I reached out to him. I said, hey, what would happen if we recorded our first conversation that we ever had together and just see what happens? We got together at Black Stack Brewery in their tap room. And is that technically St. Paul? I think so. Yeah. St. Paul, Minnesota. All right. That's all I got. I'm way over time for you, aren't I? Yeah. All right. So let's dive into it. I'm going to let Sarah go. This is my conversation with John Mark Nelson. With John Mark Nelson. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. This is my conversation with John Mark Nelson at Blackstack Brewing Company in St. Paul, Minnesota. Holding it? Yeah. Sure. Or we can sit someplace where you don't have to hold it if no, you prefer. I, I love, by the way, that uh, I whenever I sit. Softly. Yes. Whenever I sit down with like a musician, I don't have to worry about mic stuff. Um, what was I going to ask? Do you listen to podcasts, by the way? So, my story with podcasts is that I think that they're a great idea and they are very enlightening and I'm better for them when I listen to them. However, I have severe um, I don't know what the right word is but like I I can't stay on the bandwagon like I I'm yes. constantly getting left behind you fall back there'll be like a new hot episodes, yes. there'll be a new hot pod yes everyone's oh. in so people are like everybody's listening to this thing and I'm like yeah okay I can get on board and then I just like miss a week <laughs> and then it's just it's over after that so I I probably go, I have like four podcast seasons a year mm -hmm. where I'll, I'll listen to a few and then I just always slip away. But then it makes it fun when I go back. Yeah. So. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. My, my wife, um, my wife, Sarah is a visual artist and she just sits and she draws all day. And so she, her ability to like consume content is like unbelievable because she she does podcasts and she watches like netflix and hulu and stuff yes so just in like the course of like three days she'll burn down like a four season bbc show and just like yep got it really that's a, that's now in my tool belt yeah so like her general pop culture knowledge is like through the roof really whereas i feel i am more of a social like po uh, not political but like cultural hermit Okay. Where, like, she knows what's going on. She knows the podcast. She knows the top shows. Yeah. She knows all where all the cliffhangers are at mm -hmm. and what's coming on the big next season. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm but blind. You, you're I'm just, blind to all that. Man, oh, okay. Wh why is that? Is it just um, are you intentional about what you take in? Or no. <laughs> <laughs> I was that could go either way. I'm like yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, yeah. I'm just hyper disciplined. I should have said yes. I should have been like <laughs> I only have 25 minutes of entertainment per day. Yes. No, I think I think most of the time I'm always like working on something that is very stimulating to my brain. Like I'm listening to music all day or I'm writing or I'm tinkering with something or I'm mixing something or and then like by the time I clock out it's usually because I'm like in a pretty deep fried state. Yes. So yes. like to try to ingest new content that requires yeah. something of yeah. me is pretty intimidating. Like to, if I'm gonna watch like a 40 minute episode of some like dark visceral drama, yeah. I'd watch an episode of Friends and call it a day. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> okay. What is your go-to? Do you have an end of the day like uh, no thinking, just throw it on right before bed? Because mm. that's Friends for Sarah and I. It's Friends. Yeah. We've gone. We've busted through that. I've got a couple. I mean, my all-time favorite, and this is I get I get laughed. Uh, people just laugh at this, but uh, my favorite sitcom is Frasier. 
Yes. I'm a big Frasier guy. Okay. And there, you don't meet them. <laughs> you don't meet a whole lot of Frasier guys <laughs> yeah. these days. Yes. Not like the old yeah. days when there was a Frasier guy in every block. <laughs> but we're a rare, we're a dying breed. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Super hardcore into yeah, Frasier. Yeah, you have a big <laughs> Frasier guy. No, okay. Did you go Frasier because you were into Cheers? Were you into Cheers no, first I and then went to Cheers? Yeah. Okay. And I'm straight to the spinoff. Straight to the good stuff. <laughs> Straight to the good stuff. But straight into Frasier. Straight into Frasier. Well, Frasier, apparently, this has probably changed now, but I think at the time, it was the most <laughs> successful spin-off show. Really? Like, to do a spin-off of Cheers that was, like, critically acclaimed and went for 11 years. Yeah. It's, like, the most successful at the time. I oh, think yeah. It was, like, the longest-running spin-off show. Oh, fast. Now, have you gone, like, but chronologically? <laughs> on fun facts about <laughs> Frasier. <laughs> Uh, I love that. Have you gone chronologically? Will you, will, like, for your end of day, just zone out before bed? If you're going through Frasier, are you sticking to it, or will you just pop in? So, since Sarah... You have a couple methods. Yeah, (laughs) I'd love to hear the methods. I think we should get right into the methods. But since Sarah and I have been married, we kind of, like, both had shows before we met that we just loved. So, like, Sarah's really into Friends. Yeah. Um... And I was really into Frasier. Yeah. And she hadn't seen Frasier and I hadn't seen Friends. Yes. So now we've kind of gotten into this rhythm where, like, we've got a few few kind of tried and true shows where we kind of just do them in seasons. Yes. So, like, oh, yeah. Friends is kind of a summertime show. Yeah. For us. Yeah. Starts okay. to get cold out. Yeah. It's Frasier time. This <laughs> is <laughs> straight Frasier. Yeah. Uh, pull at your ties and yeah, your overcoats. Exactly. It's, it's time it's for Frasier. Yeah. So that's... We, we rarely just, like, pop in. Okay. We yeah. don't much of a pop-ins. Yes. Yeah. You're going to work your way through it. Yeah. We're kind of, we're, we're, we're actually, you and I are really similar in that kind of the same thing. Right. All the pop culture things. Yep. I'm out. Yeah. I can't keep up with them. Nope. It's too much. Uh, man, by the way, side note, I think this is hilarious. Okay. I'm so pumped you're down with this because okay. this is our first time really hanging out and yeah. talking. Just on the record. It just goes straight to, it's, this is it's such. It's on the record. <laughs> it's all on the record. Yeah. It's like, hey. You're leaving town. Yep. Let's sit down in front of microphones yep. and have a conversation. This is our last chance to put it all down. Dude, it is. Everything oh, that man. we've ever felt is now on the record. Oh, dude, that's so good. Man, how, okay, uh, how did you and your wife meet? It's, it's really ripe material for a sitcom of its own. Um, so a childhood friend of mine yeah. married Sarah's cousin. Yeah. We met at their wedding. I was the musician. Sarah was the bridesmaid. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we chatted a bit that night. Um, kind of made a good first impression, but nothing nothing really happened. And then we didn't see each other for like two months. Yeah. And then Sarah turned up at a show that I was playing. Yeah. Waited, Your show? A show of mine. Yeah. Waited in line at the merch table after the show and just walked straight up to me and handed me her phone number. Yes. Yeah. Which is good because left to my own devices, that would have taken another five years minimum. <laughs> if, if this is going down my way, yeah, uh, we'll probably I'll probably see you at a coffee yeah. shop nine times. Yes. the tenth time I'll uh, yep. go say hi to you. We'll move this over to Facebook Messenger. Yes, start uh, with a, with a good old fashioned <laughs> Facebook poke first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, you got to start it off there. I want to get to yeah. the point that you. I, w- I just want to ease into the you recognizing that I'm starting to overly like a lot of your photos right. on social media. It's too much. Yeah. You get to the point where it's too much, and then it's the right amount. I'm, I'm interested in people that are married in an artistic world. Yeah. Because I have so many other friends who 
aren't like that. Well, I mean, we have so many friends. It's sort of like binary, maybe. Yes. Like a more traditional yes, job one paired person, with Yes, a, the nine to yeah. five, and then you have like the artist, and then yeah. the person working the, the re, quote, real job or something. Uh, so I feel like I've had a ton of conversations with people that balance that because yeah. they don't get each other, they, yep. you know, trying to figure out that relationship. Yep. When you guys met, was she always pursuing the drawing thing? Since we've been married, we've funneled into the category of being two full-time kind of entrepreneur, self-employed yeah. people. When we first met, uh, I had a part-time job and she had a full-time job. Yeah. Um, so I worked uh, heading up the music program at a church and Sarah was that at Westwood? Uh, that was at Awaken. Oh, that was at Awaken. Yeah. Were you ever by the tangent? Were you ever because you were playing at Westwood, or you went to Westwood? So my dad helped start Westwood. He was the he was the cool. founding yeah, yeah. music director there, and so yes. I, I grew up there. Yeah, yeah. So as I got into like my early teens, I yes. just started playing because my dad yes. was there, and I played music, and so I did kind of get my start playing music there. But I never was like on staff or anything. Yeah. Like that. So when Sarah and I met, I was heading up the music program at Awaken, and then Sarah was in, like, the craft coffee game. So she worked for, like, mm-hmm. five years um, at a place called Bull Run. Uh, at where? Like, in Uptown, Bull Run. Oh, yeah, Bull Run, for sure, yeah. yeah. So she With, there. Was she there when Lee was, mm-hmm. was there yeah, and all those totally. guys? Okay. That, the old crew. Yeah, Caleb. So she, so she worked there when we met. Right before we got married, she got approached to work at the Bachelor Farmer. Yes. In their new cafe that yes. they opened up. Well, it's not new now, but it was new then. And so she has always been a, a very talented visual artist, and she majored in it in college. Okay. Um, and she had definitely done a lot of stuff with her art career while working mm-hmm. full-time. She yeah. applied and made it into a few gallery shows locally and, and nationally. She sold a lot of her work. She did, like, craft fairs and all that kind of different stuff. But she was definitely kind of still moving towards that becoming a full full time thing. And so after we were married a couple, uh, like a year and a half or so, we were basically like, we both need to make the jump and go full time. Yeah. We, we can't do it at the same time. And we ultimately decided like she should go first. Um, and so she left her job at Bachelor Farmer and went full time. And then like a year later, I left my job as well. Yeah. So for almost almost a full year but we've both been doing the just like really wake, wake up every day self-employed oh my gosh creative entrepreneur yes. thing yeah odds and ends stuff too she'll do commissions for like album artwork yeah um she also yeah i get because i didn't know that until i saw you had posted a while back i mean this is dude this is the curse we, you and i have a million friends like right. some of our closest friends yeah uh, are are friends with each other, right? Uh, but we just haven't run into each other, yeah. and so we have this fake—I don't want to say fake—but you have this almost like false sense of knowing someone right. through like Instagram. Like I right. feel kind of like I know you a little bit through my friends or Instagram, because yeah. like you've posted. She did artwork for something that they played on Conan, and you post about yeah. that. You have yeah, like a totally. picture of Conan yeah. on there. And anyways, that's like the tangent, but yeah, no. the only bummer that's like, it's, oh yeah, yeah, I know John. Yeah, we've never hung out. There's two really kind of interesting components to that. One is that I found, yeah, there is this sort of like false sense of knowing people that maybe didn't exist in an age where you your social circle was much smaller, but you yeah. knew those people better. Yeah, which I don't think is necessarily like that model is. In, inherently better like yeah. it's just different and yeah. it's where we are now but the other really interesting thing is that I found is like people people will like apologize for knowing something because they assume that like it's creepy 
Interesting. But it's like, well, I mean, we're all kind of buying into this technology. Like, I don't mm. post on Instagram like, hey, I just got this opportunity. And then if someone's like, hey, congratulations, I'm like, you creep. <laughs> yeah. How so, dare you, sir? Yes. Or interesting. Ma'am. Yes. So I, I think that's kind of like an interesting thing that I've encountered where people are like, I know this is super creepy, but like, tell Sarah congratulations. I'm like, oh, that's not creepy. Like, I, I, I posted that because I wanted so people to know. So you can see this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I may not know you super well, but like, I wanted people to know man i wonder if that i wonder if that mindset comes from you being a musician and someone who your career and the things you do in the creating or kind of your life is put out there and it's intentionally shared with other people yeah because i feel the same way and i think about people that have maybe um i don't know an instagram or social media that's not promoting anything they're making it's just like they're not they just assume it's just friend close friends and family that are looking at it people talk about identity theft or don't you know don't post anything that you don't want everybody to see to me it's a no-brainer right you put something online it sounds like you it's the same for you if like you post something online you know anybody can look at it right it's gonna live somewhere online forever yep there's like a filter to it you know it's like I'm, i'm not gonna like the things that I'm posting are very like general like newsletter type updates. Like I got a new job or Sarah did this accomplishment. Yes. You know, it's not like yeah. hey guys, it was a really hard day, you know. Yes. The money's just not coming in. Yeah. You know, like it's not, it's not, it's not like <laughs> totally. it's not like super vulnerable or like private. It's yeah. just kind of like life bullet points. Yes. And I've heard a lot of people say like that's that's the downside of like the social media thing is that people only share their like mountaintop moments. And I, I think that's all fine and good, but like, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily know if like the stuff in the valleys is for like thousands and thousands of people to consume. I wonder if it's more for like you to walk through with the people that you love and actually speak with. That, all right, that's interesting. You say that. Yeah, a quote that comes to mind, and I can't remember who said it. The comparison problem with social media yeah. is that we are comparing our behind the scenes to other people's highlight reels. Oh, that's good. And so people only post the highlight reels. And so for me, there was a time where I was I was going through almost like a mental pushback of yeah. wanting to be more real on social media sure. or share some of those things. Yeah. But then I think over the past few years, I've come back more to where you're saying of yeah, just because you're sharing something online doesn't mean you're being authentic more or someone that is only sharing certain areas of their life is right. being inauthentic. Yeah. I, I generally, like, feel a lot of freedom from, like, what people think or assume about, like, me or, or my life. Like, I, I, I truly just, like, don't care. Interesting. <laughs> um, Naturally? I, or is that something you've had to cultivate? I feel like it's, it's maybe something that I've become more awake to mm. recently. Um, and and I, I'll, I'll give some, like, clarifying details. I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, if I post, like, something good that happened. Yes. I don't run it through the filter of, like, man, people are going to be, like, oh, you know, John Mark, he's constantly posting this good news. <laughs> like, his life yeah. must be so great. And yeah, he's yeah, constantly, yes. like, he's so inauthentic because he's posting only the good things. Yes. To me, honestly, like I just don't give it that much thought. Where I'm like, something cool happened. I'm like, hey, maybe people might want to know this. In yeah. the same way that, like, when I scroll through Instagram and see good news or bad news or whatever it is, 
I'm not like making, I'm not filling in the blanks of what that whole yes. person's life is. I'm just like, oh, that's an interesting update. Sometimes I'm like, wow, that's a lot of information that maybe <laughs> I didn't need. Sometimes I'm like, that's really cool. Congratulations. Yeah. Sometimes I'm entirely indifferent. But yeah. like, I, I hear people a lot being like, oh, I see these people post and I have to like compare myself to them and all this. And I'm like, I think people are just kind of like posting something because maybe they thought you might think it's interesting. Uh. And if you don't, unfollow them. Yes. What's it like to have such a healthy mindset? <laughs> Dude, I could not be more opposite than you. Really? Oh, uh, man, I get so negative sometimes. Really? I'm like, what? I get, <laughs> I see something online, and I inst- my mind sometimes, if I, it depends. Okay, it depends if I'm in a healthy place. If I'm, if I'm, sel- if I'm centered, confident, if I am in uh, a place of fully, just fully myself, uh, yeah. Self-actualization, self-actualized yep. or self-realized, whatever you want. To, that's what I was searching for. Yep. Then it's cool. Then I want to. Then I go on social media and I'm pumped to celebrate people. But if I'm in a negative spot, yeah. Oh man, it's it gets dark fast. What yeah. are you? What are you trying to prove? Yeah. Why are you, why are you posting that? What are you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. What are you? You posted that specifically to rub it in my yeah, face. Yeah. You doing didn't that for you? me? <laughs> you knew I had a bad day. Yeah. And you just decided what to get that new you? job. Yeah. Just because of it. Yes. Yeah. That's funny. So that's that's interesting. So for you with your social media presence and your podcast, are you are you creating the content for you because you want to make it? Or are you creating it because you think – are you shaping it to an audience you think exists? Oh, dude. That is a good question. Oh, dude, that is such a good question. I purposefully have to not give a single crap what anybody else is going to think about this. I approach – I – have gone in waves where I started thinking about what other people would want and I have found when I do that I found like when I do that and it's maybe not it's not just a podcast maybe it's musically too uh, or social media anything I'm creating the second I get too down down that the quality and the actual ability I think for anybody to connect with it goes right out the window I, I pretty actively try to just tap into my own scent. Like the theme for this is curiosity. Yeah. So I'm uh, curiosity, which I just translate to like empathy and listening to the universe and yourself and other people. And I purposely have to tap into that and yeah. ignore what I think other people would think about this. Does that make sense? It does. Because I feel like then the continuation of that is this is that if this is for you, if the podcast is for you, if your social media presence is for you, yeah. what does it matter yes. what anyone else thinks of it or what anyone else happens to be posting or generating online? Yes, that's really good. What The opposite end, because I'm purely thinking of just the creation side, mm-hmm. but any how anybody else interacts with it is almost none of your business. Well, and it's completely beyond your control. Yeah, totally. Like you will drive yourself insane trying yeah. to get people to think about you a certain way. Yes. Because you can. Oh, man. Do you ever use the um, the screen time timers on your phone? I don't. I just started using them. Have you? Man, it's, it's good stuff. <laughs> really? I, I started like maybe two or three months ago where all social media apps on okay. my phone yeah. uh, shut off after an hour. Really? A screen time. And yeah. And in order to get into them, you have to like, like Go. Click, you have to like click and be like, yes, I'm choosing to ignore oh. the limit that I set. Oh man, it just makes you feel so dirty. 
it just yeah. it pops up in your iPhone. You yes, I acknowledge I am yeah. a piece of crap. Yeah. And I am not accomplishing anything today. And then the last <laughs> thing it says is, "Are you sure, dirtbag?" <laughs> yeah. Question mark. You can set the name. I chose dirtbag. Um, but yeah, no. But you asked about like general health stuff. I mean, it wasn't really in, until the last. I guess maybe a couple years of my life where I started to think about like being a holistically kind of like mm-hmm. balanced person mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I maybe need to like get enough sleep and like eat decent food and not drink a ton of booze. Uh, and maybe I should like be active once in a while yes. and like breathe in fresh air and yes. not stare at a screen all day. But like those, especially the way the world is kind of constructed now, like those things are easy to fall into. Like it's easy to make bad choices. Yes. Uh, yeah. and it's hard to make good choices. Man, okay, I had a question about um I love I really like your mindset of um letting go of the idea that you can control anybody's interaction with we, we, when you we're talking about we're talking about social media right now, but I'm almost translating that to your music. Are you f- that free in your music when you put something out there? Do you, are you able to put an album out with an open hand and say the right people are going to connect with this? The critics, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, honestly, my movement towards, like, trying to be a more centered and just kind of, like, stable person has been a uh, indirect response to mm. the absolute emotional train wreck it takes to be like a singer songwriter artist Mm. that like puts your own name and your own music out there for other people to like either love or rip to shreds or be completely tepid on um and i have i have done such an outrageous emotional roller coaster ride with every single piece of work i've ever put out that it's really just in in the last kind of year to two years that I'm like, okay, this, this, this is no way, this is no way to live. Yeah. Um, and there has to be more freedom because like, if you're creating from that oppressed place, like you're just, you're chasing things that you can't control. Um, yes. And you're going to create some of your worst, least inspired work Mm -hmm. chasing down acceptance. Yeah. And you're going to create your best work when you realize that you're free. Um, and I, I feel like I, I swung on a pendulum where I, I got into music by total accident. Like I became a really? singer-songwriter by accident where I just like, I had some recordings. My dad had some recording stuff and I played a few instruments. So yeah. what do you do? You learn yeah. how to use it. Yeah. And I had some garage band cuts. Yes. And then suddenly, like, flash forward a year, and it's like, oh, I guess now I've got a band, or uh, now yep. I've got a show, now I've got a, a two-date tour, and now I've got a one-week tour, now yes. I've got an album, now I've got a release show, and it's just like, it graduates and graduates and graduates, and suddenly you went from doing it just because you were fascinated by it mm. and loved it, yeah. you were doing it because you felt like you had to. Yes. And, and I felt like, I had to pull out of that mentality and get back into the fact that, like, I love this no matter what. And so I have to make it from that place and not the place of, like, well, I guess 
people are waiting for a new song. I don't know. It's just like this. You so many other reasons than just the purely to create something. Yeah. yeah. Do it because you love it. And that's so, such a, like a, I don't know, it's a cliche, whatever, like lofty thing to say. But it, I don't know. It, it has to be a balance of like work ethic and like joy. Like mm-hmm. if, if you're miss if you're just in it with the work ethic, I don't know. I feel like you have to love it on some level. Oh, Even the most yes. prolific creators, it's like, yeah, what's driving that prolific state? It has to be some sort of joy. Yes, and like bringing the fun back into it. Man, yeah. I am. I went through a massive. I would almost say a few years of that. Be, of trying to, I almost. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to work backwards and think what it is actually that that was for me and I think it was trying to control the need to feel like I need to control my future I need sure. to be super productive yeah. I need to like really be super focused and like practicing a certain way so that I could if I do this 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 then these things will happen in my future to right. a certain level of mm-hmm. success and it, it took like a few crazy circumstances for me to say oh wait I need this isn't how good yeah. no good music comes out of this or you can do all those things and check all those boxes and things still don't pan out. Yes. Yeah. Like I think a huge mm. motivator for everyone is control. Yes. And when you, I think series, series of unfortunate events will transpire to the yeah. point where you realize you have no control. Yeah. Like we all have no control. Yes. I, it is the weirdest thing. We, on one hand, actually have far more control in our lives than we think in some areas. And also, we have far less control than we yeah. think. And by control, I think the only things we have control over are how we respond. Yeah, you can you can control outlook, but you mm. can't control outcome. Yes, like it's yes. Okay, when you're talking about all this stuff, where in your where in your creative process did this show its head most? The outlook and outcome, or like the yeah, the feeling that I needed to create yeah, for other people. Yes. Yeah, was I mean, it in the writing process or was it the part that got you to say I need to write a new album or was it in the producing or putting it out? I feel like the big thing for me is that without really realizing it, I kind of placed all of my value in kind of like one very specific career trajectory and then did whatever I could in the songwriting, in the producing, in the performing to continue that trajectory mm. and due to a, a couple of different circumstances like completely out of my control the yes. whole thing kind of crashed yes. and burned and then I realized like if that when that happened I realized I didn't have anything left there was no bedrock mm. it was all just like I'm making decisions to try to perpetuate something rather than like actually investing in like a foundational thing that doesn't mm. uh, rise or fall with kind of Hell ephemeral yes. things. Yes. Yeah. Know? So I I had That's kind of so good. I had kind of like my most successful even on just, you know, whatever small success level I had, like my most successful kind of album cycle immediately preceded like my biggest crash and burn. And so then I had to realize like the thing that I was investing in wasn't like a long-term view of this kind of like balanced holistic joy in making and creating and exploring Mm. it was in like i better make all these decisions and check all these boxes so that it keeps going and people keep liking me and keep people keep coming to the shows or whatever it was and then that kind of changed and shifted and a lot of 
really poor decisions were made and things happened out of my control and it's just like wow I, I can't I can't build that kind of foundation for myself I have to yeah. I have to be built on something other than like the rising and falling tide yes oh dude dude thank you for being so open and honest yeah. about that because that is man what you just said is such a I if I would have heard that when I was uh, it, any at any point in my career yeah it would have been so beneficial because mm. it is i mean like the things you hold on so tight and the things you're, you're talking about forcing mm. aren't the things that got you here in the first place right. it's so funny because uh i feel like every i the, the reason i thank you is because the so few people talk about this mm. even though it's something that's going to happen to every person right. if you're creating something well okay when you're when you you when you mean holistically like this foundation what is like a what's a foundation that doesn't move what does that look mm. like for you so i feel like for me it started with a recognition of like you know what no matter what is going on no matter if I'm kind of in the spotlight or what I'm doing is being really well received or if it's not like I have to believe on some small level that like the space that I take up and the thing that I can do in the world is uh, something that's a value like mm. even if it's not in vogue yeah what I'm able to do or the the ears that I have the creative mind that I have whatever it is the the talent that I have if this could be for anyone whatever they bring like it, it, it is valuable and it has a yeah. space yeah. and just because it isn't maybe like the thing that's immediately on the front burner especially in an age where like people only get 24 hours in the light yeah. like you have to believe or I would strongly encourage you to believe that like what you do matters Yeah. Uh, even if you aren't kind of getting that immediate like sugar rush social yes. media feeling that it does yeah yeah, just believing that, like, okay, if I believe that what I do matters, then it becomes a worthwhile investment to get better at it, to learn yeah. more about it, to be curious, to ask questions, to stretch, to grow, to change, yeah, to shift, to take risks. Yeah. Because if your bedrock is like, well, at, at the end of the day, it, it must matter in some small way, even if it matters to just my wife yeah totally <laughs> or, or yeah. just my parents yeah yeah <laughs> like it matters in some small way so like feel free to ex like feel free in that you yeah know? and if if you're chasing down the like i have to create what is instantly well received that's that's a that's a tr that's a wild ride like that's a hard ride to go on but if you have if you have the belief that like ultimately the work that i do matters Mm. whether it's I'm creating something, I'm a singer-songwriter, or I'm a painter, or I'm a businessman, I started my own business, or I'm a chef, or yeah. I'm an instrumentalist. Like, yeah. just a slamming. Like, I have to believe that, like, putting in the hours matters even when I don't get the gig I thought I would or that I thought I deserved, or yes. I got the gig and then got fired. Yes. Like, you still have to believe, like, that That doesn't mean that you're you're done or that you don't matter. It just means, like, it just is a reminder that you don't have control of, of outcome. Yes. This conversation is making me think that uh, how people respond, whether it's online or, or to other people's successes or failures, it actually has very little to do with the other person, but how they view themselves and yeah. where they're at in life. Yeah. Everything's like, I feel like social media in a lot of ways is like a giant mirror. Yeah. You know, like it, it amplifies 
if you if you are deeply troubled or offended or hurt or something by like someone else's success or joy or whatever it is like it's really amplifying how you feel about yourself and how you perceive yourself yeah and and so ultimately like if you believe that like you don't matter how could you not be crushed when you see someone else celebrated or you see yes. someone else have a mountaintop experience um but like i think the the biggest thing that people need to know especially if they're risking everything to be in some sort of creative kind of vulnerable field is like you aren't you aren't interchangeable like whether you have one song or 10 songs or 10 albums or 10 years or a hundred thousand followers or 10 followers like those 10 followers are following you because they saw you and clicked follow like you're not you're not a substitute for something else yeah so like for you and and what you do as a as a talented instrumentalist and as a creator of this podcast like this exact thing isn't interchangeable with something else so like it has a space that yes. no one else can come in and just be like oh uh, i could either follow rob morgan or this other bass yes. playing podcast guy yeah. like and it's like no yeah. this, this is the like if you follow rob you're following rob for rob you know yes oh that's so good and that goes into if you whether or not you have a prosperity mindset that someone else someone else following this person means that they're or someone else getting this gig mm -hmm. or whatever it is buying someone else's album means that there's less for you to have right you know what i mean yeah scarcity versus abundance yes yeah, yeah yeah oh man that's so good yeah yeah scare a scarce world is like it's a scary place it's probably like the actual reality like yeah <laughs> oh yeah but i feel like like, I don't know. I feel like I can live in a world of like physical scarcity, but I don't know if I can live in a world of relational scarcity. Oh, that's so heavy, man. I, I totally <laughs> agree. Uh, do you want to buy another beer, by the way? Sure. Would you go for a second? Sure. All right. Let's put a pause in this. The re okay, the reason I was. Your beer thing was interesting to me. Okay. Yeah. We're walking back. You said. When you first got into beer, people said, hey, you should try Budweiser. Or if you're friends with people in Minneapolis, the yeah. hipster thing is like the PBRs or the grain belts. Yeah, I totally, still totally. Yeah. The problem with that is it's like, it's like trying to get someone into music. It's trying to, it's trying to get someone to play guitar and giving them a really crappy guitar to play. Yeah. And people don't realize you shouldn't give someone a, a, like a like a vintage, amazing, expensive guitar for their first guitar. Right. But at the same time, if you give them a piece of crap, then it's gonna hurt your fingers. Yeah, don't give them something they have to fight. Yes, because then you're yeah. like, I don't like playing guitar. I don't like drinking beer. Yeah. But if you give them something that at least has has good playability. Yeah. Say, you have a friend. They just turned 21. They've never had beer before, <laughs> and you're gonna say, this is what beer tastes like. That's amazing because just imagining myself being the go-to for someone that just <laughs> yes. turned 21, like, dude, John Mark, just turned 21, <laughs> yeah. let's go crazy, you're my guy. I know you're going to hook me up yeah. with the good time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how rager. about this? We make some, we made a pot of tea. Yeah. We play a couple games of chess. I got some Frasier yeah. on. A couple episodes of Frasier, we're down by 930. <laughs> um, I can just see someone arguing with you. Dude, I'm turning 21. I'm going to be crazy. Okay, listen. Yeah. We're going to stay up till 1230 watching Frasier. And we're going to debate whether <laughs> season three or four is where the writers really hit their stride. <laughs> um, oh, dude, that's so good. Man, if someone had just turned 21 and they wanted to know what beer tasted like. Or, would he, or let me rephrase that then. 
you have to drink a beer every day for the next month. Yeah. What would you pick? Just one of it mm. every day. Dude, I feel like I'm on a first date. That's such a like a lame. I feel first like I'm date about to question. be judged. <laughs> no, the pressure is Guinness. on. Guinness is my go-to. Yeah. I have this whole thing is Guinness themed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I did it. Good. I said this year I did. My goal was I was going to do a podcast every day and drink a Guinness every day of all 2019. I made it three months. Wow. So I, dr- I had a Guinness and a podcast every day for the first three months of this year, the and then I totally wussed out. It feels like a kind of a lame answer, but like, I feel like a good. If I had to drink something for a long time, I feel like the the Summit EPA. Oh, brilliant! It's yes. like a nice. Yes, it's kind of a crowd pleaser. Personally, I think Summit is one of the most underrated breweries really? in Minnesota. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're like the, they're the original right. craft, but I think I think if someone was like. Hate to break it to you, bud, but you only get to drink Summit EPA for the yes. rest of your life. I'd be like, that's fine. Okay, here's here's a random question. Your last album uh, is four days away. Is yeah, that yeah, yeah. okay, dude? There was like a bunch of foley or recording like outdoor noises. Yeah, so I I made it in an open air barn. What? Okay. Yeah. Where? <laughs> uh, in Glenwood City, Wisconsin. Really? So. It kind of sounds like there's like a field recording component, but it's yeah. literally just like when I roll the vocal take and the guitar take, it's all just taking in the actual Yes, okay, outdoors. so I was going to ask about that. Yeah. None of it is walking around with a field recorder outside. Nope. It's literally just like a, you know, 12 tracks or whatever on each thing what? just compounded of really? a 100-year-old Redwood barn in Glenwood City, Wisconsin. Really? Yeah. Like oh, that's so doors, brilliant. That's so much open. cooler. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to it yeah. knowing that. Uh, did you go out by yourself or and do it with anybody? Yeah, so uh, it was just me doing I love all process. the yeah, I was, stuff. I did everything on that record. Um, I have some incredible friends that run an organization called the Everwood Farmstead. Okay. And they are just like tireless advocates of the arts. And they have this beautiful property in Glenwood City, Wisconsin, where they do artist residencies and shows and plays and artist retreats and yeah. like all this different stuff. And after kind of a big, kind of a big leg of my career sort of got amputated, um, I reached out to them and was like, "I'm kind of bummed out and don't know what's next. Can I come out here?" Okay, what do you mean you got amputated? So right after I put out I'm Not Afraid, yeah. which was record number four, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was kind of my biggest push outside yeah. of Minnesota. Um, where I Because you were doing a bunch of, you were on the road a bunch. Doing a bunch of road stuff, bought a van, had a consistent lineup yes. for a band. I got signed to a booking agent in Nashville, had a manager, put out the record on a label. And then immediately after we did our first kind of proper tour, I went out and did, I think in a summer I did like 60 dates or something, which was the most I had ever done. Yeah. Um, And then I got home from that first big run and immediately got cut by the booking agent. So I had been in this place where I was like, oh, everything's kind of onwards and upwards. Yes. Kind of went out and like bought the van, took out loan money to pay the band to do the tour, like just took on all yes. the overhead and then got dropped immediately. Oh. So just to even like get back to zero mm. was like, it wasn't just like, oh, how do I go out and play another show? It was like, how do I pay off this massive trench that I've dug into? And that was right when I got married as well. Oh, yes. So, so it, it yeah. really like in hindsight, 
it's not like oh everything ended that day but like in the moment it just felt like such a big deal because oh my gosh I risked everything to make it happen and then like I did make it happen but then it backfired Mm -hmm. and so it took me almost the following two years to just like dig out and keep going from there and so that's the season that like four days away came out of because it was like Mm -hmm. literally if I'm gonna make music it needs to be like in a random space with a single microphone uploaded to Bandcamp. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh. that's that's all I could do right now. Yeah. And that's the season that that record was born out of. Um, it's feeling like yeah. I had this trajectory that was clear and I was doing everything I could to move towards it and then it was just kind of like yes. the rug was pulled out and it was just like, wow, I not only do I not know how to keep doing it at this level, I owe everyone that I know yeah. time and money and everything. So... Man, I have, oh man, I almost said I've been there, but I want to, I, I want to acknowledge I've, I've been in my own oh, yeah. season Everybody of has that, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I can't imagine that as an artist. There's so many, there's so many logistical factors that are going into uh, that situation. So you go through all this. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is so goofy because we're recording a podcast, but I, yeah. I feel like I, I, I would ask you this if we were just grabbing beers. Like, why did you go through all that and still say, what was it in you that said, I still want to go record this other album? Did you, did you have songs that you had already or was it the experience or what? Yeah. So why the, did you go yeah, that's that a great barn? question. Um, so that definitely was not the initial response. Mm-hmm. The initial response to what happened to me was anger, depression. Yes. Frustration bitterness yeah everything and I didn't make music really at all for like a solid calendar year yeah so it wasn't at all like things fall apart you're in a bunch of debt you got to figure it out and then I'm like I'm off to a barn to make Mm -hmm. a soul-searching record that's not at all the narrative the narrative was like I'm super angry and depressed for yeah 12 months (laughs) Um, and really it comes back to the thing I said about like what kind of foundation are you building? Because I wasn't building a foundation. I was mm. building a very unstable tower as mm. tall as I could build it and not yeah. building outward, just building up. Just anything Which I do to build natural. up. Which is natural. I yeah. mean, it's just like moment. That's yeah. just momentum of what's the next thing? How can, I capitalize? Thing? How can I capitalize on the attention of this thing? Yep. Yeah. Because everyone tells you like, oh, you got to strike on momentum. You got to move yes. on momentum. Yes. So you like, you disregard your loved ones and your finances and everything to just like go and do it. Yes. And then it backfires and you realize like, oh, I have no bedrock. I'm not yes. built on anything. Mm. I'm built just like, it's all scaffolding, you know? Interesting. Um, and so Because it all comes down to, all this comes down to roulette in my, in right. my opinion. So all, all, um, all creating art as a career is roulette. So as, as if, you're, if you're a musician playing with different artists, everybody's born with a certain amount of chips. And so as a bass player, I can go and I can put two chips on this artist I play with and three chips on this person all this. And I can spread out and I, I can leverage my risk. Yep. Uh, and then if it lands on one, you know, I win however much I, I put into that. Uh, but as an artist, you're all on yourself. Yeah. You have all your chips. So if you're getting all your more chips thin, are on you. that temptation yeah. is like, I'm winning. I may keep, I may yeah. double down. Right. Put it all in red 25. Right. Well, and the funny thing is that, like, usually when you find momentum as a as a singer-songwriter or as a solo artist or as an artist with a band, you're not even doubling down. Like, mm. you're not even winning. Like, you're, you're placing wagers 
on consistent loss. <laughs> because even nobody when, talks. Yes, <laughs> nobody's talking about. Yes, because that's so e- good. Even when you can tell the story of like, oh, I've got the gig at uh-huh. this venue, or I'm doing this tour, or I'm opening for this artist. Mm-hmm. Nobody sees the fact that like, you paid your band, shit. And then you lost money to play the show. Yes. You paid to go and play that show. Yes. And then you're taking that and wagering more on it. So, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think there's a common narrative of, like, ah, you just got caught up in the thing and you just were playing to win and you, yeah. know, you got carried away. It's like, no, I was losing the whole time. Yes. And then I lost really big. Yes. <laughs> oh, that, I, yes, that's so true because no people just, Nobody understands that, and right. nobody because nobody talks about it. Because right. it's not cool to talk about right. in the world of like putting your like the social media world of making it look like oh, just I'm just crushing it. Totally, that isn't. It's not everything you're saying isn't a glitch in the matrix. Right. This is how it's things the reality. work. It's the reality of stuff. And and two things that come with that is like one, I don't say that at, at all to be like oh, feel sorry for me or the world owed yeah. me something different. Not yeah. at all. Like that, that's the game. And if you yeah. are going to get in the game, you should know what game you're playing. And the other thing is that there are real and tangible side effects to that game that are no joke. Like, you know, it's just, it, I don't know what, I, what I'm trying to say is like what happened happened, but it's not like, Oh, the world is so cruel and so unjust or nobody gets me or I'm the victim or anything. It's just, that's, that's what happened in the, in the hand of cards that I was dealt. And I had the choice to do what I wanted after that and how to proceed and yes the first thing i did was just be super angry and bitter for a year and i had to get that out of the way and that was necessary it's a necessary Uh, stage yes i feel like it's so easy to talk about you know okay so i come from i come from the side of a backing musician and playing for artists yeah you risk so much oh we do well i mean it's it's so yeah yeah totally yeah and it's there it is all it's all about risk and i think uh, there's a quote I love that just says, life expands and contracts with your willingness to assume risk. Because that's what it's all about. If you, it's easy for, I've heard some backing musicians to talk about, well, you know, we, I made such and such tonight, if they're talking about money, but then the front person, the the the, the artist made this amount of money, or they're, we're building their career. And I, I say, listen, they're the ones assuming the risk. They're the ones paying you, right. even though they're not getting, no matter if they don't make any money or they they're going in the red in an evening you're still getting paid right. none of it's a risk to you right it's all about wh- where does the risk fall on right who is it falling on and when you're doing your thing under your name it falls on you yeah but which is scary as hell it by is the way. it's su- it's super scary but i also feel like i have a lot of respect for people that that go into the into the I don't even know if I like the term backing musician. Just like musician. Yeah, yeah. Because we, yeah, yeah. If you're a singer songwriter, you're an artist. You need musicians. Like you don't need backing musicians. You need musicians. Yes. You just need musicians. (laughs) They have to be there, whether in the back or not. Doesn't matter. They have to be there. But you're. I admire you guys so much because, first of all, I'm not a talented enough instrumentalist to be hired sheerly on that basis. Okay. So that's just like not even an available path for me. (laughs) Second of all, (laughs) you're gambling twice. So you're, you're gambling first on, is this artist gonna generate the kind of success that increases my paycheck? And the second gamble, the invisible gamble, is if they generate that, are they gonna take me with them? Uh, yeah. So you yes. have to gamble two times. You yes. have to say like, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna spend six unpaid hours learning this person's ten original tunes. Yeah. Memorizing them. Yeah. Going and playing at a coffee shop for yep. fifty bucks. Yep. Gambling in the fact that maybe in two years I get paid a hundred bucks. Yes. And then further gambling in three years if they're doing the bigger gigs, are they gonna keep me? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so crazy, man. It is like, crazy. That's admirable. Like that's courage. <laughs> I'm searching for a tie-in on this, but I, I have none. It's just it, I think it's crazy that if you're an artist, you spent so much time writing and working on your craft outside of the paying gigs. Yeah. And as a backing musician, the amount of time it takes to learn all the tunes yeah. and chart stuff out and prep yeah. and stuff, none of it really makes sense. I guess all I'm trying to say is that the. the uh, you better be in love with the process. Yeah. You better love the process. Yeah. Uh, instead of putting up with the process in hopes of certain kind of results. Right. I mean, it's kind of, it traces back to our earlier conversation where like, it has to be a relationship of discipline and joy. Like you have to be dedicated to it and love it. Because yeah. if it's, if it's just joy and you're not dedicated, that's yeah. hard to take off. And if it's, dedication but no joy like those people are a bummer to be around you know like the people that are just like all all te all technical like no joy no love uh, no enthusiasm like yes dude okay uh i want to be respectful of your time here but i do i have i just have to ask about yes. so you're you're leaving minnesota i am how did this all come about what what is it going to look like yep why are you leaving Absolutely. what do you have against minnesota <laughs> is <laughs> Give me three reasons me why three you hate Minnesota. I saw in a recent post yeah. that you said everybody from Minnesota sucks and everybody from California rules. Dictionary.com <laughs> defines hate as <laughs> aggressive <recently> or unwarranted <laughs> behavior against a thing or a yeah. place. Uh, you said recently, and I'm going to quote you, that uh, you said, why do all the trees in California uh, lean east it's because minnesota sucks go on yeah explain yourself yeah well the the thing you left out in that quote was the last part is i just said deal with it and then threw up both middle fingers which was irrelevant because it was a it was a print article yeah but i thought it would be a nice punctuation you, you got the vibe the yeah. vibe was the vibe was put through so the story of california can be told in three acts no i'm kidding um there's kind of a couple layers to it one one layer is that i was born there Okay. Um, my dad's from there. My dad grew up there. I'm actually, I didn't know you were born there. Okay. I was born there. I moved here when I was quite young. Okay. But the only reason the fact that I was born there becomes slightly relevant is that my dad grew up there, and my dad had a very similar life path to me. And my dad lived about 15 minutes from where I'm going to live. Oh, cool. When he was exactly my age and pursuing music. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of this weird full circle thing that's coming coming to fruition. Uh, my dad's the reason like I got into music. My dad's a professional piano player. Grew up in oh. California. Studied Ooh. music in Studio City. Went to a music conservatory out there and majored in piano studies and jazz composition. Is an incredible musical mind and really got got me into music. Gave me my love for music. Second of all, when Sarah and I got married, we really really as much as we possibly can on two entrepreneurs two self-employed artists budget we love to travel and see new things and a lot of times that means a, just a good old-fashioned camping trip yeah and so we've done a, several trips to california since we've been married to either like drive the pch like 
or camp in Yosemite or um, all these different things. And we just like, we're so drawn to the, the saturation of beautiful natural landscape yeah. all over the world. But like concentrated in California, it's a lot of bang for your buck. Dude, <laughs> I had no idea until I went on tour with Owl City that and we did a, because I had not spent any time in California. Yeah. Uh, and we did a drive through Northern California down to LA on yeah. the, in the bus, and it's gorgeous. It's dude. stunning. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, I mean, in, that it in one state, which which is a gigantic state, like enormous state, mm-hmm. but when in one state you get snow-capped mountains, you get forests, you get desert, you get yeah. ocean, you get like cactus and yeah. yet palm trees, and like it, it, just the diversity of what you can find in one marked territory yes. is, is just amazing. That's kind of the second m- mythos <laughs> component <laughs> of California is that like, I've, we've yeah. always been drawn to the beauty of it. Yeah. My family has this tie to it. Sarah and I are drawn to the beauty of it. Um, and then the actual sort of brass tacks of what leads to this next chapter of my life is that ever since my kind of singer-songwriter being kind of closer to the front, my name, my thing career has certainly not ended but sort of just evolved and changed Mm -hmm. and not been nearly as aggressive or kind of upward trajectory yeah um i've shifted a lot of my energy into being behind the scenes and producing uh for other artists and so dude which could be i mean when i was driving over here thinking about you i that could be you going from singer-songwriter starting off that way Mm -hmm. into producing and you're producing that could be an entire two-hour conversation in of itself dude i have so many questions about that yeah i mean round two round two in la yes anytime you're there um because it's a whole other thing it's a whole other it's a whole other thing yeah it's very it's two very different worlds yes they have a lot of the same ingredients oh yeah so the start of this year 2019 really marked for me the start of the acknowledgement to myself though i create my own music what i really bring to the world is that i love to be involved in helping more music come into the world it doesn't have to be my own it doesn't have to be live and in person i love working sometimes it's on my own but i love helping music exist i love like bringing it to life yeah and for me that that mostly now finds a home in in this in the studio whatever place that might be so really at the beginning of this year is when i started to kind of like okay i I do the singer-songwriter thing with about 10% of my time, and I produce with about 90% of my time. And really, it wasn't until this year that that fully shifted. One of the first kind of major components of that was that this year I got asked to do um, a new record for a good friend of mine, Jeremy Messersmith. Yeah. Um, so we just finished up his new record, and Jeremy... Is that... that it's not out yet, is it's it? It's not out. Okay, nope, that's We right. just finished it. It just got mastered today. Oh, man. So. Even I'm just even going through my mind of the people that recorded on that. Yeah. And you and I have so many friends in common. Yeah. It's so dumb that we have not... It's, it's tragic yeah. that we haven't okay. spent more time. So, so I got asked to kind of step into this project, yes. which it, it, it's worth saying that this project is like... It's a long time coming, and many people have left indelible marks on this project. So mm. I got asked to kind of step in and help make sort of like 
versions of songs that have existed in a lot of capacities and many incredible people have contributed to yeah. and shaped them along their way. Yeah, yeah. So I in no way got to like come into this project on the ground floor. I sort of got involved at the end. Oh, and, that's cool. And just got to bring sort of like, I guess whatever thing I bring, yeah, uh, whatever that thing is. Oh, I don't, I yes. don't know how yet. But yes. All that to say is that this record is the thing that you do. I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. The thing that that couldn't be done outside of you, your perspective, yeah. all every your experiences, your taste, yeah. your just thoughts and opinions. All that into it. Yeah, that's yeah, well, cool. I appreciate that. I'm, but yeah. all that to say is that this record is... It's going to suck, is what you're going to say. It's going to suck. No, it just kidding. didn't land. It just didn't <laughs> this, land. This we the got the master thing. today, and I'm like, man, sounds worse man, than you ever. Think, you think I'm being humble because... Yeah. I, no, it's just I don't want my, I don't want my name tied to it. <laughs> the <laughs> thing is that I, I just want to get it out into the open that I my name's going to be on it, but God, <laughs> Please at do what not cost? Me. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the uh, thing that I was going to say is that this this project is like it's this sort of um molten piece of metal that like many people have shaped so mm, cool kind of super Jer cool jeremy and i kind of like finished it off and kind of brought it into the light but with the incredible contributions of people like dan lawan and andy thompson yes. and matt patrick at the library and ian allison's yes. bass playing and grady kennevin's drumming and like all yeah. this different stuff um so it's this product of so many people that i somehow got it asked to kind of contribute to but it's certainly not like oh, i made this thing yeah. or i did this thing yeah. anyway we made we started finishing up this record making this record and jeremy is a longtime friend and sort of like um, just associate with Dan. Okay. They're just longtime friends. They send ideas to each other. They are kind of each other's. Um, they bounce ideas off Dan of each other's. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dan Wilson. Um, so early on in the process of Jeremy and I kind of drafting ideas for these songs. Yeah. Um, Jeremy sent some of the stuff we were doing to Dan. Cool. Dan then reached out to me. And started blaming you for how bad. And started it blaming me for this. <laughs> Sorry, I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> slippery slope. Yes. All right, go on. No, Dan uh, reached out to me and just was like, "Hey, um, I heard the stuff that you and Jeremy yeah. are working on. It sounds awesome." Uh, and he kind of floated to me like, "Just, just so you know, like I'm kind of looking for someone uh, in my studio. Um, maybe we should chat sometime." It's mm -hmm. very, very just like nice and encouraging, and I was super humbled by it. But it was just kind of open ended. Um, and we ended up chatting kind of back and forth and then I ended up going out and working at his studio for a while and we just kind of started to get to know each other more and more and it just turned out that he was in a place where he was uh, hoping to kind of have someone in his kind of creative world that was kind of did a little bit of a mm -hmm. little bit of engineering a little bit of production stuff knew how to run Pro Tools and had kind of a songwriting sensibility and a production sensibility and it just ended up becoming clear that it was a hopefully a really good fit for us to kind of keep working together and that just over the course of a of a few months kind of branched into like maybe you should come out here and we should work together cool and yeah. we'll take it from there and yeah. so for me in the fact that i've kind of acknowledged to myself this year that i really want to be involved in helping people make music certainly making my own music as well but helping people make their music and 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 make music that they're proud of and feels like speaks the speaks the words and the intentions and the themes and the ideas that they want it to speak is received the way they want it to be received. That's just like a huge passion for me and really like coming 
I found that I I'm filled with way more life when I get to come underneath people yeah. than when I need when I need um, am trying to like be over people or like be looked up at. I'd rather yes. like I'd rather elevate other people and say like look at this person what they're doing and how honored I am to contribute to that then I would say like look at me and look at what I did or look at what I accomplished like I realized that that just actually doesn't give me a lot of joy even if I continue to make my own music which I hope to I, I have sitting on a brand new record right now but like I just need to do it in a way that's like it's not about look at look at me yes it's more like I'd, I want to contribute to the catalog of what human beings make like I want to be a part of the expression that we all put out in music whether we're making albums or we're just like slamming bass players or drummers or yeah. business people or chefs totally. or like it's it's like you said every everyone's creative and everyone's doing something that matters but oh, all that to say is such that such a cool mindset this ended up becoming the opportunity where like this would allow me to step into a season where i am contributing to more and more music in the world and it isn't about me it isn't about my name it isn't about my brand or what I bring or anything. It's just, I get to, I get to step into a season where I get to learn, grow yeah. and help other people make the music they want to make. Mm. And that to me felt like the absolute best thing to do with my time in this season. Oh, that's, I and love that. In this season, that brings me to California. Yeah. So. Are you, are you nervous at all? Getting together with Dan or do you feel like the right thing's going to work out? I think there's there's a lot of moments of like imposter syndrome mm -hmm. of like why why yeah. me like this shouldn't be me it should be yeah, yeah. anyone else it should yeah. be anyone else but me um, but for me it's like as long as this opportunity is available I'd rather spend time being excited about it and being open to what it's going to change and grow in me than being nervous about it and that's I'm not above the nervousness and of the fear and the anxiety it hits me in waves but life is fleeting and transient and opportunities are fleeting and transient. And right now this opportunity is something that I get to step into. It, it could be anything. And rather than spending time being afraid, I'd rather, I'd rather spend time getting out of it what I can rather than worrying what's going to happen as a result of it. Dude, that's the coolest mindset. Yeah. That to me... That's it, man. That is, that's the, that's the healthiest mindset and approach to any form of creating anything, I think, yeah. is just an, an open-handed energy of yeah. the, you know what, let's see what happens with this. I know this is the next right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that's the thing no one talks about is it's easy to look at someone you respect no matter where you're at in life and think that they had an intentionality to get to where they are in life and that every every step they took was with the intention to get to where they are. Yeah. But in actuality, no one's given that in life. No. You're just given the next right thing. Yeah. This feels like the next right move. Yep. Who knows what will open up or what it will lead to uh, or the relationships or the adventure yeah. or whatever it is or the music that's going to exist in the world because of it. Yeah. This is the next right thing. Yep. That's so good. I love your. I love the way you are, look at stuff, man. Cool. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't. You can't control. I mean, you can't even control the next thing. You certainly can't control what's no. after the next yes. thing. Like with each next thing, is there's less and less control. Yes. Like, you might as well just move into the door that's open and just say like, here I am. 
and and I, like the thing you said about open hands, like I, that that is like an image that I try to hold in in every aspect of my life. Like I want to hold opportunities and uh, people, yeah, with with open hands because people aren't static. Like yes. you can't hold someone the way they are and who they are right in that moment. As a creative person, as a just a person, as a whatever descriptor yeah. you attach to that, like. And I, I want to view opportunities the same way. Like, right now, this opportunity is something that I feel like I can step into and learn unbelievable amounts from yes. and be a better person as a result of. It's I hold, the next right thing. It's the next thing, and I hold it with open hands. Yeah. And I want to hold, like I said, both opportunities and people with that of, like, I can't, as much as I might want to, I can't take anyone in my life and hold mm. them and say, I like what's going on right now, and I'm going to freeze it. Yeah, because that's that's the least loving uh, thing you can ever do. Yes, and so because that goes to back to what you're talking about earlier of when you get when you're in a season where now life has led you here, and you when you start trying to f- control things so that you can stay where you are instead of embracing the dynamic nature of life, it's only going to lead to pain. Yeah, at least for me, it's only led to pain and frustration in my life, and no uh, one ever. No one ever experiences love by someone impressing control upon their life. Like the biggest expression of love is the gift of freedom. Mm-hmm. And so I would want to give anyone that I've worked with, been in relationship with, been in friendship with the, that gift yeah. of like, if I, if I love you or I love working with you or I admire you, the last thing I want to give you is like, I'm going to freeze you or I'm going to, I'm going to put you in this box and I'm going to expect this and this and this from you. It's like, no, I want you to be open and continue expanding in the same way that I would hope that you would extend that freedom to me. Oh, because I, I can't be frozen. You can't be frozen. How much more exciting is life? If both of us come to that realization, totally, then everything's on the table. Yeah. Oh man. That's so good. The, oh man, I love, I love that thought of freedom um yeah that's so good okay do i want let's let's end it with this um a question i've been ending with is what does curiosity mean to you better better yet let me let me rephrase this in a unique way to you how has curiosity played a role in you becoming the songwriter producer you are today Mm. If you think it has, that's a leading question. Sure, but do or do you think it has played a role? So two things, two things come to mind. One, I, I was like, my brain was like spinning on a definition of curiosity. So I feel like I have like a sort of not great one that I'll give. Oh, give me a loose and one. And then go I to how it's played a role in my life. Yeah. So curiosity is the acceptance that with a certain degree of sacrifice, almost anything is possible. Oh, man. When you're a curious person, or if you are willing to be a curious person, you take on the mindset that, like, life can be, in a lot of ways, what you make it. And there's so many factors to that. There's privilege and there's where you're born and there's Mm -hmm. your race and your identity and the socio-political system you're born into so I don't say that lightly at all like just do whatever you want and life's great 
that's not true for everybody. Yeah. Um, but in the, in the very small life experience that I've had and what I would humbly offer to someone is maybe, maybe, uh, if you're willing to make certain sacrifices and go against expectations, a lot of things that you thought weren't possible might be. Oh. And I'm just going to say might be. I'm not going to say they are. I'm not going to be wishy-washy and put a gold medal on it. But if you're willing to let go of what people think of you, a lot of things that you thought weren't might be possible. Oh, yes. Hell yes. <laughs> that is so good. Dude. Oh, that's It's not hard and fast. You know, it's not like yeah. a buttoned up thing. And, and, and like being a middle class white male, like I know that the world is <laughs> designed for me. Like basically, yeah. and I don't take that lightly. And that's, yeah. that's not, uh, that's not in so many ways that's tragic. Um, so I, I offer that like very, very humbly and willing ready to receive pushback and I don't think like just do whatever you want and everything's gonna be fine it's just like a very humble offering of like if you push some things might open that you didn't think were possible oh, dude I don't think I think that is such a badass uh, answer because I'm convinced that the four most powerful words in our vocabulary the sentence would be I may be wrong yeah. That is so powerful, yeah. but we don't talk about, I also might be wrong. We, the natural inclination of that is to think about what I, my view on the world might yeah. be wrong. But what about our view on ourselves? And the, when you're saying that, I think it's awesome. The, the limitations I put on myself, I might be wrong about those limitations. Yeah. And I think that goes, anybody can relate to that. Have you read the book Sapiens? No. So it's I like I'm making note of that. It's like this New York Times bestseller. It's it's literally like it's called Sapiens, and it's like the history of humankind. Okay, in like four hundred <laughs> in like four hundred pages. Oh, that's so epic. Um, and the a chapter that I just read in it is talking about like the the industrial slash scientific revolution. Yeah, yeah. And how in a lot of ways what made that possible is the presupposition that everything we know may be wrong. Like you can't really explore yes. unless you're willing to admit that what you've already found out may be wrong. Because how do you have an imagination if you think I've already got it? Yeah. How do you have any imagination? And so like what's really led to sci scientific and technological advancement is the idea that like there's probably a better way oh. or there's probably a new way or there's probably a different way. Yes. And that's, that's kind of what you just said is like, I may be wrong. Dude isn't a, a, a static statement, yeah, yeah. but a dynamic statement. It's totally dynamic. Yeah. And dude, that is such a great place to end it because I think that is, that ties in everything you've been talking about. The That's the difference between fear and freedom. If you, you can't acknowledge, even what we were talking about earlier with social yeah. media, if you don't acknowledge it within yourself, right. there's no way in hell you're going to acknowledge it with other people. So you, by acknowledging, I may be wrong about you, I'm open, I recognize that you're a dynamic person, yeah. we are both living dynamic lives, and have far more potential than we yeah. than we know. I feel like that's just such a healthy way to view everything. Well, and you have to get to the point where you could be dead wrong about something, you could be proven wrong about something, you could fail at something, and that's still okay. And it still belongs in the trajectory of who you are. Mm. Like, in fact, it's necessary. Yes. Like, I think that's, 
we live in a life that wants to eliminate risk, eliminate variable, eliminate unknown. But like the risk, variable, unknown, failure, yeah. maybe actually completely necessary to the holistic narrative of who you are and what you're able to bring to the people around you. Yes. Oh, that's so good. So it's like, don't spend your time eliminating risk because like, I mean, sure, to some degree, eliminate whatever risk you want to, yeah. but like you can't eliminate all of them and you will yeah. fail at something. You will be disappointed in something. Someone will let you down. You'll let down someone. Yeah. It's just inevitable. And so yeah. like that, you have to reach a point where that, that has to be okay. Yeah. Otherwise you're gonna be miserable forever. Oh man, that's so good. Dude. Hell yes. Okay. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me. Absolutely. To be continued is yeah. all I'm going to say. On Part this. two. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. This is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. If you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show... I'll show. <laughs> also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever you, you, you know, the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, <laughs> I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst whether you're listening uh, interviewing editing recording listening to something unrelated to a podcast nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness hey Hofi can I steal you for a second do you have anything you want to say about Guinness I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more that's all that's it, thanks. <laughs> uh, I love that crap. All right, have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. <laughs> I got nothing. Say the most random thing you can think of. Mm. Yell it. I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect.